2: Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. This week I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and speaking to Vistalia Chilton who is the director and founder of the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. Her vast knowledge and experience within the art world has made this celebration of local arts and culture a London event not to be missed from its world-renowned museums to its many individual creative residents. So there's something there to please the eye of absolutely anyone. So please, come and join Vistalia Chilton and I as we speak about the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. Hi, Vestalia, are you okay?
3: Yes, I'm really good.
2: Excellent. Could you tell us about the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week, please?
3: Oh, right. Well, it's it's what it says on the tin. It's in Kensington and Chelsea, and it's an art week. (laughs) And essentially what it means, I mean, in layman terms, um, we try and bring together, all variants of arts and culture, meaning anything, like really a shop window design, to poetry readings, to um, musical performances, to of course, galleries and museum activity, family friendly. So everything kind of comes onto this, it goes on all year round activity, but this is sort of a focus on everyone coming together and the biggest thing that we try to achieve, this is the biggest um, point of doing any of it, is to connect the borough through arts and culture. Nice. So meaning for one week, we all come together from doesn't matter if you're in the South and Chelsea and have loads of money or whether you're from North Kensington, where it's considered to be one of the most impoverished areas in the, in the UK, not just in London. So, you know, and, and culture has this ability to gel because we all like to sit in our own little silos, it's just human nature. We like to communicate with each other who are very similar to, in the same way. And this has been a, an old way of connecting people that are, might, might not be on the same level, might not communicate in the same way, might not even think in the same way. So this is what we try to do. We try to kind of stir the pot, get a conversation, um, excite people, get people to rediscover what's happening in their area. Um, you know, shockingly, I found out there was a gallery for three generations at the end of a road and local people, that my friend who lives locally didn't even know it was there. So, you know, this is the kind of thing we tried to do is just sort of saying, did you know this was here? Did you know that this amazing, massive museum was here? And some people don't know, like Leighton House around Holland Park, not necessarily very well-known, but then you also have uh, Royal Society of Sculptors who, uh, you know, I lived in the area in uh, Gloucester Road for a little while, walked past it every day, thought what is this dora house <laughs> and then found out it's been there since 17 something it's Brilliant. just like a really massively important institution for young sculptors to get commissioning as yeah. they start coming out of university so yeah this is the kind of thing we try to sort of bring to the forefront
2: well you did say at the start there um about people living in north kensington or in in chelsea itself i mean the borough that, that you're in has got to be one of the most financially diverse boroughs in London because I know myself just knowing London as well as I do, sorry, you can have a road in Kensington and Chelsea where one end the houses um, range from tens of millions upwards and just a few hundred yards away at the other end of the street it can be social housing.
3: I've actually moved around the borough all the way through my adult life since I started living sort of in shared accommodations as a student yeah. and then living in, in a in a sort of um, one shared accommodation near Sloane Square which was an amazing place then I moved to Gloucester Road and then I'm I, I based in Notting Hill so you know I, the area is hugely diverse for that reason we mix with all types right yeah. in London yeah. is one of those places I know that in London we have this we have it everywhere I suppose what's been happening in Kensington and Chelsea because I work in culture in different uh, countries in different areas we've done lots of work in East End so I I kind of felt that maybe Kensington and Chelsea was a little bit slow to pick up on some of the more fun elements of culture and cultural activity and it's been sort of sitting on its laurels with the big museums because there's so many big museums apparently there's nothing else going on but actually when you become not knowledgeable in the area you realize there's so much more yeah. than meets yeah. the eye so actually a lot of that work and a lot of that exciting stuff isn't coming from the well-minted areas. What's happening, a lot of this new innovation, experimentation and fun stuff is happening in the places where you don't actually have a lot of cash because people people really uh, experiment without fear, I guess, and expectation. I've always lived in artist communities and we didn't have a lot of cash. Everybody was sort of living hand to mouth. And, and that's the case most of the time when I'm working with artists here. So I'm trying to change that philosophy that artists have to do everything for free for that precise reason that I've never Excellent. got paid in, in so situations. So um so yeah, so you're right. There's massive a uh, gap in in how people live in in the borough. There's a lot of poverty. There's a lot of unrecognized work, good work being done in culture that doesn't get the limelight. Just because they don't have the funding, it doesn't make them less important. So that's what we try to do. We try to kind of go, look, we're gonna give you an umbrella festival that gives the same amount of of attention to maybe less funded institutions that have no visibility or little visibility and independence to those who are the big museums. So that's why we've got this really strong branding. Everyone looks, you know on the level when you look at the catalogue and you kind of don't really know. Yeah. So everyone is kind of giving the same um, opportunity.
2: What's the history of the Kensington Chelsea Art Week?
3: Well it started with this consultation. Um I've been I've been doing art weeks before and we did something in the uh, in um we collaborated in the Los Angeles with the art walk downtown LA which was yeah. also a very in some ways very deprived area of los angeles and they use the Art Walk to kind of connect the area celebrate its culture and people can drink and have fun it's like a bit of a festival atmosphere um and you know and i came over to um to work at the hotel in kensington called the exhibitionist hotel and i was curating a program there not for the benefit of the art but for the benefit of using art in unusual spaces so we can get an expansion of the audiences that come into the hotel. So like you said, just before the, we, we did the um, we did the podcast recording is that there is still this visual sort of so understanding that the art world is somehow untouchable. It's only for the privileged few. Well, I don't really believe in that. No, I, I don't
2: really go along with that myself.
3: And I I don't believe in the galleries. I don't believe in the, the, I believe that if you put art in spaces where people can unexpectedly come across it, it might educate them or give them an impression that it's also for them. And they are good enough to take part and they are deserving of it. So that's what the the principle of the exhibitionist hotel was is uh, putting art in unusual space. And we would paint the walls, or commission artists to do murals. We have four corridors that change every six to one, two years um, so you, it's an evolving artwork. There's always something surprising going on. But uh, working in Kensington, so South Kensington, I thought, well, this is the, the what they call the museum quarter, even though they don't like this term. But you come out of the station and it's not that nice. Have you been yes. to South Kent? Yes. It's not a nice station. This is the business card to the rest of the world. Yes. Come to the VNA come to the Royal Albert Hall. And, you know, you're sort of like, well, there's also so much going on. So the Dora House, I said to you earlier, uh, Royal Society of Sculptors is there. Then you've got the Institut Francaise. You've got the uh, Kensington Chelsea Arts Club there. You've got the the, the uh, physics, uh, sort of the psychic Society is there. Then you've got a host of galleries. You've got contemporary galleries like um, Cadogan Contemporary, which is a fantastic gallery. You know, and no one really kind of knows about this yeah. there's also loads of underground stuff going on so I was thinking I kind of feel like there needs to be some kind of coherent conversation with all of these institutions the bigger and the smaller ones and independent maybe we need an art week maybe we need to connect all of our activity and kind of go this is a collective effort there's not just silos here and there so we did a public consultation we invited people all the people we knew because we don't know everybody, but we knew who we knew. We invited them in. We said, present to each other and just say what you've been doing and how you've been working and what are we missing? And they all said, well, we're missing this map. We're missing some sort of sharing of information so we can collaborate. Would you, would maybe we should need, maybe we should need a festival of all arts and culture across the borough. And so we did a consultation and three months later, we had our first art weekend. Wow.
2: Good
1: and we've,
3: we've got 60 venues to take part we got really good partnerships like the Great Exhibition Road Festival um, uh, partnership. And then the following year, it was very clear that we should actually do a week long uh, festival because you can't cram it all in into one weekend. Yeah. So now we're in conversations to actually expand it for two months. So instead wow. of, to, when the week was happening, essentially it was almost two weeks because yeah. two weekends on both sides. Um, but now we're thinking about doing a summer of, celebration of color of culture and inviting more performance art elements into this not just the visual arts yeah. and doing a whole two months uh from june to august
2: yeah i mean there's there's nothing better to to bring people together than than arts and culture because it blurs the, the the lines blurs the boundaries It it just brings everyone together doesn't it
3: yeah, I, it brings people together and also gets people to find out what the others are doing. You know, um, we we set up a culture conversation with the help of the council and the Great Exhibition Road Cultural Group, which is the, the all the institutional on Exhibition Road, including all the big heavyweights like V&A yeah. and Natural History Museum and uh, Goethe Ex- Ex- Institute. The you know, so all of these people coming together. And they want to know what's going on locally in the local community and how can they get more people who are residents to come in and, and participate. There's a horrible statistic. I don't exactly know how many people, but apparently some of the North Kensington schools, some most of the kids there hadn't even been to the museums. Yeah, they either well. just don't have the time, the resources, or they just don't even think it's for them. Yeah. So there is a problem and they and the big museums want to take part in that in resolving that issue so but how do they go about it how do they communicate and then we've got the so emily candler of exhibition road uh, group she said it's like standing on the shoulders of giants yes. and i love that yes. we have these giants climb on their shoulders we can see much further and so um so yeah so i guess when we started these cultural conversations we initially started working only with um, organizations, so museums, sort of uh, galleries, but now we've opened up to residents as well. So really? in the last conversation we had, two hundred and fifty people, and we we were working through um, conversations such as how do we recover from of yeah. COVID? Where where are the missing links? What can we do better? How can we, as cultural uh, people, like so that work in culture? We want to be helpful to our communities, not the other way around. How do we include everybody? So, yeah, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I kind of went
2: off. <laughs> it's perfect. I mean, what, what could people um, see? Where's the artwork being shown if, if we can't sort of go indoors at the moment? We don't know what um, what's in store for, for when this week takes place. But... Um,
3: well, artwork. Um, so, artwork. Good question. So, there are galleries and museums which hopefully will be able to open their doors. I hope
1: so.
3: Um, so, they obviously have their programming. They'll probably be working on that for a year in advance. So, we'll include all of that in our programming. Of course, sometimes they create specially, um, special designed kind of um, I don't know work workshops with the artists specifically for the art week. Yeah. So there'll be some new content that you wouldn't get any other time. For example, so it's unique and interesting at that time. But the we also put art outside. So one of the biggest elements of Kensington Chelsea Art Week is that we established now, and that wasn't easy in a relatively mm, standoffish, um, well, not standoffish, but not very readily accepting yeah. um, borough. Maybe unlike others, maybe in comparison, we started an art trail. So the art trail, the purpose of the art trail is that we bring in some temporary artworks, sculpture, um, and we allocate a space for it. So what we try to do is actually spread it out as much as possible. So it kind of does the answering of that question. How can we connect the borough? And so they they act as points of interest across eight zones. So Holland Park, Notting Hill, Sloan Square, King's Road, you know, that these are the zones. And in each one of those zones, we've got one of those ins- installations, whatever it yeah. may be. It's a sculpture. It's a, I don't know, performance piece, um, you know, it's a poem or it's a mural. And people are given this, the PR generally is around that. So people go, Oh, I want to go have a look at this thing. or oh, I want to cycle around the whole bar and see all of them. And then they, they look around what else is going on locally. And we hope that if you go to zone, for example, King's Road Zone. Then you'll look at a guide and you'll see what else is going on in that area, and you'll go and visit a couple of galleries that you might have not visited. Yeah. So the Sculpture Trail is has been a very successful way to get people thinking about the borough. It's a really good way to drive traffic or attention. Well, yeah. Not necessarily because we've had lockdowns. Obviously, people were couldn't go to these places, but you can still see it online. Mm. We've got um, sort of collaborators for digital collaborators, for example, like Go Jauntly, and an app, a walking app, and people create their own walking tours. I saw
2: that. That looks really good.
3: Yeah, and it's 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 actually really good because you don't have to leave your house. No, you, know, you go on on this app, and you can just look at it and read a little. So it's the, the the information that you can put on there is so limited. It's like tweets. Yeah. So each each destination will have like a little an equivalent of a tweet on it. Yeah. So you'll see like sculpture of a, a lady that's pouring water into a fountain, like on Sloane Square, and the person who's created this walk, anybody could do it will have their explanation there like it, it was um, whatever that history they know yeah, about it yeah. or relevant information. So, yeah, it's, it's a gr- great way to discover the borough and see what's out there and be surprised.
2: I mean, we haven't, I haven't asked yet the, um, the, the vital thing, which is what is the dates of the, the art week?
3: The, oh, good question. Um, dates are from 24th of June. And we should really be, if we go for the two months, then it will be to the end of August. Um, The dates are on our website anyway. All this information will be on our website, but it's already on there. You can look through. It's, I don't know if I should say it, but it's kcaw.co.uk. So kcaw.co.uk has all the dates on there and all the information and what's on and how to sign up and all of that.
2: You said earlier about um, including poetry this year. I understand you've got a, uh, there's a, like an open call for, for poets to submit their work.
3: Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned it because it was a huge success last year. Um, we, we did the first one very, very quickly before the opening of Kensington Chelsea Art Week. And we had 28 amazing sub- submissions from local poets. Yeah. Um, and they're all on the map, on our culture map, and which is a digitally evolving database of all cultural activity not just ours but everybody else's including blue plaques places of interest Brilliant. It's map.kcaw.uk and you can go on there and have a look at some poems submitted last year yeah um so we we really are very excited to bring this back again this year the launch of it has happened just now we've just announced it this morning the deadline is on the 31st of march That's you can right. go on our website and have a look at the criteria of how to submit and what is um, required for submissions and what we do um, obviously all poetry is accepted into this um, open call we try to display everything in the shop windows across the whole Brilliant. borough and then it gets uploaded onto the map, and then people can still see it the following year. It's really, really good. Lots of people loved it. We, we do. We had some incredible people um, poems that concentrated on. Them. On, on sort of depression, there was a, a beautiful poem, I remember reading all of them, they were fantastic, that was about um, how to come out of this depressive state, so there was one that, and then another one was about what it means to be a man, another one was about how um, Goulburn Road is a local, a local area, what it is, what does it mean, uh, what does culture mean locally, how it evolves, there was one submission that was completely in Arabic, um, nice. which is also good because, you know, we have a diverse um, borough, all so, all types of people, and all cultures are um, living in the in the borough. So yeah, there's a really, really interesting way to see and how and actually connect with people through poetry.
2: And poetry being probably the most um, accessible of the arts.
3: And I have to say to you, I'm such a blubber when it comes to reading poetry. If for some reason, it touches me, and I always feel tearful uh, when I read people's poetry. It just seems to be a direct line to somebody's heart yeah, um exactly it's really it's quite it's quite extraordinary this this um process, and yeah i i I think a lot of people started tapping into writing yeah. during lockdown yeah. to kind of express themselves.
2: You mentioned there about showing. Um some work in shop windows. Unfortunately, because of the current climate, there's a lot more vacant shop windows to um to show your artwork in. How much work will be going in shop windows? Good
3: question, actually. We've got two projects. One project is um we launched during Kensington Chelsea Art Week, um, which was putting art in retailers' shops, meaning that the retailers were. Uh, active it wasn't an empty store and the purpose of that was to create a healthier creative economy loads of artists lost opportunity to showcase their work galleries were were closed museum shows have been cancelled so this was look don't spend money on doing your retail window use the local creatives here and put their artwork in your window and you help each other And that was a huge success in King's Road. We did 11 or 10 windows. We did sort of a dating service online. You know, are you a retailer looking for art? And are you an artist looking to exhibit? Get involved, we'll put you in touch. So quite a lot of work behind that, to be honest. And we did all the hanging, all the, it worked. Loads of art was sold. Artists got paid. Retailers are happy. Lots of retailers brought the artists back to design their shop windows in the future. Nice. This was a fantastic success. Thanks. We're going to do that again. Um, we had a sponsor for that. Um, Sloan Stanley put, uh, put some cash in to help us pay for the installation mm-hmm. cost, the insurance, you know, delivery, whatever that was. Yeah. So we kind of uh, managed to get away with it this, that last year, try and do it again this year. So the second pro- project, which is, I think, what you're referring to is the Empty Stores. Now that's slightly more complicated and I'm trying to kind of change perceptions. This this is a project that has been I've been working on for 20 years. Let's <laughs> not joke about
2: that. Brilliant.
3: This is not new. I've been yeah. trying to do pop-ups in empty stores. I've been trying to put art in windows for the last 20 years and it's the hardest thing to do and it's really annoying. And the reason why is that if you're a landlord, if you've got an empty store, as soon as anybody stands in that space, you've got to start paying rates. So what happens? Nobody wants to pay rates. wow. Okay.
2: And that means you are
3: investing. Um, So if you put an artwork in that space, you've got to invest into the rates. And so it doesn't make any sense. It's better to stand empty, which
2: uh, mind boggles. Yeah.
3: And then there's also the risk so i've been writing lots of uh, contracts and sort of insurance policies but just to make sure that when you are stepping into that shop that no one's going to get hurt and that you know it's not going to burn so there's a lot of security problems so the way we've overcome that is to do vinyl so we put d- design onto the shop windows created by artists um and we try and inspire the artist's designs based on the local area so and the ones we've got, we've done five, two in, in High Street Ken and three in South Kensington. And so you're going to speak fit to Fiona Grady. So Fiona Grady did this incredible uh, work in High Street Kensington. And she she uses transparent and glossy pieces of vinyl. It's a specialist thing. So she that's her medium. She yeah. works on windows, creating these art deco inspired Uh, Stained glass effect, which actually looks three-dimensional, quite extraordinary. We've done one with her in High Street Kensington. She was inspired by the Art Deco uh, movement back in the day when the big department stores were creating a real buzz of culture around High Street Ken. Don't know, many people have probably forgotten, but I used to go to High Street Kent to get the latest fashion, you know, that right. was where yeah. you would go back before you could buy anything online. So obviously that's gone and she was tapping into that heritage and history to design her window. Um, so, yeah, so the, the five artists we work with all use that as an inspiration. Dot Masters, for example, created a window display, which is lit up from under from inside. I
2: saw. And so it, brilliant.
3: It, it looked brilliant over Christmas, yeah. you know, dark, horrible evening starting at 4 p.m. All lit up and beautiful like a Christmas tree. I thought it was just a really clever way to to use an empty space so it doesn't look so depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah we'd love to do more of that we also had some artists take part last year from um little voices organized by amy amy jackson and we did have a uh a transvestite uh artist who came in and um did some performance pieces and really great embroidery Brilliant. i'm sure you know about the embroidery um the charity that sort of goes yeah. into prison. And- so this embroidery was exhibited um and it was, uh, yeah, it was really powerful stuff. So we kept in contact. So we'd love to do a bit more. So, yeah, bring on, bring it on. Let's do something together.
2: Excellent. Um, you mentioned also about murals. Yes, murals.
3: Yeah, this is fantastic because we've just completed one. Um, we've got this initiative we started a few years ago called Love Kensington and Chelsea Mural mm. Project. Um, you might have noticed that there isn't really much street art in Kensington no. and Chelsea. So, um, and I've been working with um, various street artists. I did the Marrakesh Biennale street art project where we put 13 murals in Morocco and did the biggest mural in North Africa. Um, So street art is something that I've been involved in. I'm obviously not the only person doing it but I really do know some artists and we've done some work together. And I really wanted to see more street art and urban art in yeah. Kensington and Chelsea. There is a gallery, graphic gallery that works yeah. with street artists. Um, and they've got a mural on their, uh, on their building, which is done by Dotmaster. So, um, so it's nice to see something, but it's quite, you know, it's very little. And it might be because of the certain groups of people who live in Kensington and Chelsea, they'd rather not have street art. So we found a way, (laughs) we found a way to bring street art with permission of the residents and with um, temporary uh sort of lifestyle life for the murals. Yeah. so there's yeah. no this there's no fear oh this is going to stay here forever and actually no it's only going to be temporary so it's art on hoardings yeah. so building yeah. hoardings there's loads of them they're really horrible they get tagged they get damaged so we've come up with an idea to work with the developer London Projects um who have a lot of hoardings <laughs> and they, whenever they have a building under development in the area, they'll give us a call and say, well, we've got a hoarding coming up in a month. Do Excellent. you want to do a project with us? And we don't get paid for any of it. No. Um, what we've we negotiated is that uh, there is a fee going to the artist and the artist gets that fee because we don't expect any artist to work for free. I'm fed up with people expecting it for free. Yeah, we don't yeah. live on the joy of painting. It just doesn't work like that. So we negotiate a fee for the artist, which is always standard. And, um, and then the materials on top. And how we do it is that we work with either Royal College of Art or Chelsea Arts um, Art College or a community organization. And we have, we have three artists who have been put forward by that organization, or we just do an open call and say, we need three artists to give us ideas about what this mural could be. And then we go to public vote. So that way, when the public votes for their favorite design, they also know that they are residents and they have a say in what they're gonna what goes on their street. If we need to tweak things, we can always tweak them. It's done with this kind of democratic open access. Excellent. You know, it's always done with permission of local people. Yeah. So the mural gets painted, the students generally, it's usually students, they get an experience of being booked by a professional agency they get all the visibility, they get to, to deal with the client who might be employing them in the future, sort of find out the ins and outs of how that works, they get to do the invoicing. So there's like a huge level of professional development that comes Brilliant. with it. And then the public gets in, involved. And then of course, once the building project is over, the artwork disappears. Yeah. And it just gets repainted white and it goes off somewhere else.
2: Excellent.
3: I'd like to say, in addition to the public art trail that we've developed, um, the again, that's another change in the way public art is selected. Because what we try and do, what I try and do from my experience, is, is trying to make art very accessible to everybody. Yeah. That means people don't need permission to get involved in the art So I keep pushing this idea that it's, it's for everyone, and like your prisoners as well, it's for everybody. It's, it's got healing powers. It has uh, community um, cohesion powers. It has ability to actually um, deal with um, divisions in, mm. in how we think and how we're not always, not always successful. Um, so we've, we've tried to democratise how public art is selected and um, very slowly, but surely we, we're getting there. And how we select the artworks that go into the public art trail is again with an open access. So we open the the submissions uh, for the public art trail, usually straight after the art week is over. So literally next month, a couple of weeks later, the submission process is open, And then it's about two or three months when people send us proposals. There's usually a very clear definition of a theme, and they have to understand that this artwork has to be already existing. We don't commission the work, we just, because we can't afford to commission it. It's not a a very, very, you know, we don't have that much cash, but we can exhibit it, we can take care of all the installation, which actually is the most expensive part of it. Um, And then we'll return the artwork when it's finished and the artist gets to be, it's usually artwork that they haven't been able to exhibit somewhere um and so these submissions have come in and um we then review them but we d- i don't review it what who reviews it is actually again a committee and oh, the committee nice. changes every year and the committee is local people experts so we had um we had the local mayor on the committee who doesn't really do arts you know it's just sort of yeah. more like a resident perspective and and the other very important person for the art committee this year was sarah Blondstein, who is involved in the fourth plinth on on Trafalgar Square Tim Marlowe who used to be the director of Royal Academy he is now the director of the Design Museum which is in Alborra so you know it's a really really um fantastic group of um art advisory we had Bolan Lee Jen who is the Black Blossoms um, school, so th- there's a really, really, yeah. really interesting group of people who come in and review the submissions. Excellent. Which is no easy feat. And then those submissions, based on uh, private votes, that we don't know who voted for what. It's done completely anonymously. They're the ones that come through to the finalists. And then in the finalists, we try and we we'll obviously meet with the council and say, can we do this here? Can we do this That is it yeah, going to be yeah. safe? And then the council kind of gives us the final, yes, you can definitely put this there. and Nobody, Nobody's going to get hurt or um, there's permission to get it here or it's not possible, blah, blah, blah. And then that's how we put the art out. Excellent. So it's you could be a famous artist. You could be un, completely unknown. You'll get exactly the same street. It's all done Super. on merit.
2: And so it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Vistalia, just one more time, let us know how we can find more information on the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week be it website and social media?
3: So you could find this information on our website, kcaw.co.uk. Our Instagram is probably much more, I think Instagram or social media nowadays tells you more about something than the website. So yeah, social media is very active. Um, It tells you about everything that's going on in the borough that we are aware of, obviously not, we don't know everything. Um, but we also ask people to submit information if they want us to share it. We we'll do it completely free and we we'll always have to share it. Um, oh, and the, web, uh, the Instagram profile is KCAW London. So basically Kensington Chelsea a Art Week, KCAW London. And um, yeah, so that's the best place to have a look for info.
2: Right. Vistalia, thank you very much for your time and all the very best with the Kensington and Chelsea Art Week. Fantastic. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Gary. It was a real pleasure and real honor. It's brilliant speaking to you. you too. I'll speak to you
3: soon. You too. Take care.
2: If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at ministryofartsorg. Ta-da!